paused for a moment and then continued. The house he had been living in, a rented house, had been trashed. It looked as if animals had been living there. There were stains on the walls, stains on the carpet, both food and what appears to be human waste. I told the woman who was supposed to be taking care of him that she had to get out, both she and her boyfriend who had been staying with them. She had told my father that the boyfriend was her brother. She refused. She said they had permission to be in the house. My father had said they could until the end of the month, two days ago. He also said they could use his car to get moved. Now they're gone with the car. The house is almost demolished, and I want you to find them. Have you talked with the police? I asked. Yes, but they say it's a civil matter because the woman had permission to be in the house and permission to take the car. The only thing we can do is to take her to court for the damages. But we have to find her first. And you want me to find her? I want you to find her. Pick up my father's car and let me know if you see any signs of assets we can sue her for to pay for the damages to the house. Although I don't expect there are any. I charge 40 an hour, I said, plus expenses. And I want you to be aware I might need to spend a little time riding around looking for that car. That's fine. Do you want money now? No, that's okay. I can bill you. What information have you got for me? The woman's name is Mary Yates. Her boyfriend is Willie Carver. The woman's daughter, Stephanie Johnson, came by periodically to borrow money. Neither my father nor my sister knows where she lives. Here's some mail that arrived for Mary Yates after she moved. I haven't been sure whether I should open it or not. Did you check with the post office? I asked to see if she left a forwarding address. No. I took the two envelopes and opened them. One was from a local department store, advising Mary Yates that her check had bounced. The other was from Las Vegas, a woman who signed herself Aunt May. I don't usually commit felonies, Mrs. Halliday, I replied to the slightly shocked look on her face. Only when I think it may help. What about the car? She gave me a description of the car. A late-model Oldsmobile, white with red interior not well cared for. One more question, I said when she was through. Where does your sister come in? Since she's the one who lives in Reno, why isn't she taking care of this? Her mouth pursed as if she'd just bitten into an overripe fig and had no place to spit it. My sister isn't handling this very well. She has a bad case of white liberal guilt and thinks we should just let them go, car and all. They're black? Yes. I nodded. How can I get in touch with you? I'm staying at the Bonanza Inn for the next few days. I'll let you know before I leave. Are you sure you can handle this? They might not want to give up the car. I'm sure I can handle it. And if I need help, I'll get it. I don't have a macho image to maintain. She almost smiled again as she got up to leave.
I followed her to the door. Mrs. Halliday? She paused, and I got embarrassed at what I was about to ask. How's Mick? He taught me to swim when I was eight years old, and I had a terrible crush on him, I blurted out in one breath. She was momentarily disconcerted, but then she laughed. <laughs> He's fine. I'm sure he'll be pleased that you remember him fondly. Thank you. Mick Halliday had been the lifeguard at the Sierra Madre Hotel swimming pool. I could remember how stunned my parents were when Joan Barrington married him and took a job as a dancer. I was too young to be stunned. And to me, Joan and Mick seemed like the perfect couple, both with movie star looks. The fairy tale was even better because Joan's father, Charlie Barrington, owned the big hotel...